0: Make Learning Magical Podcast. I am your host, Tisha Richmond. On this show, I chat with educators and thought leaders from around the world to hear stories of how they are transforming teaching and creating unforgettable learning experiences because we all have our own special magic. Welcome to the Make Learning Magical Podcast. Today, I have an amazing guest on the show that has been a huge inspiration to me in my educational journey. Sarah Thomas, PhD, is a regional technology coordinator in Maryland. She is also a Google-certified innovator, Google education trainer, and the founder of the EduMatch Movement, a project that empowers educators to make global connections across common areas of interest. She also founded EduMatch Publishing, a fast-growing educational publishing company that has 39 titles in its incredible library. She has presented internationally, participated in the Technical Working Group to refresh the 2017 ISTE Standards for Educators, and is a recipient of the 2017 ISTE Making It Happen Award. She is also an affiliate professor at Loyola University in Maryland, and Sarah is a co-author of the ISTE Digital Equity Series, Closing the Gap. So
1: excited to chat with you today. Welcome, Sarah. Thank you so much, Tisha. It's great to be here, and thank you so much for having me on. I was so
0: looking forward to this conversation because as I was chatting with you a little bit earlier, I remember being a very brand new educator to this connected world. I had gone to my very first EdTech conference. It was iPad Palooza. It was 2014. I remember it so clearly because I had just gotten iPads into my classroom. I had no idea how to bring technology in. And so I went to this conference totally mind blown by the possibilities, really was one of the catalysts to my journey. And I remember so vividly sitting in a session at that conference that you were facilitating on gamification. And I had never heard of that concept before in education. And I was just mind blown by what you had to share. And then shortly after I had gone to my second ed tech conference, uh, Miami device in Miami, Florida. And I remember sitting, you know, in the area where we were all eating and you came up to the table to talk to somebody who was at my table. And I'm like, Oh my goodness, that's the one that I <laughs> had gone to a session. I, I know her. And I was so excited and uh, I had definitely a fangirl Moment, but I think about that and how uh, just influential and inspirational you've been to me in my journey. And so, thank you because I, I definitely credit uh, a lot to you and just how I've I've grown as an educator.
1: Oh, well, thank you so much. And I can definitely say the same about you. I know uh, we were chatting a little bit pre-show and and I was just saying that I went to one of your gamification sessions in Portland in 2015. So the year after, and I, I didn't even know that like iPad Palooza was your first um your first exposure to gamification. Cause when I went in your session, like I was just blown away by everything that you shared. It was just so innovative. So out of the box. Like I had never even like considered the things that you were sharing. And I got so hype about that. And I remember in the session, I was chatting back with my, uh, with my colleagues and I was just like, Oh, y'all got to follow her. She's amazing. Look at everything that she's doing. So, I mean, like definitely you have inspired me. Um, and, and I'm very, very thankful for that.
0: Aw, you're so sweet, Sarah. You have always been just such a support and encouragement to me, and, and I appreciate that so much. Absolutely. You have had such an incredible journey. Oh, my goodness. So many things that you have accomplished, and I would love to just hear a little bit about your background and your journey into into education.
1: Yeah, definitely. So, you know, the funny thing is that I did not see myself here, like, at all, Um when I went to undergrad, then, um, I had a hard time settling on a major. I was a radio TV film major is, is what I ended up as because my older brother was in television. My mom had, um, done a show on a cable access station with my brother. And I was just like, Oh man, this is awesome. You know, I've been following him around going on the shoots and being in the studio with them. So let me do this. Um, So around that time, my mom started teaching middle school French. And so I started coming to her classroom and I was just like, oh, wow, these kids are amazing. And, you know, I saw um, the AV specialist at the time um, who was setting up and I was just like, oh, my gosh, that looks like so much fun. That's something that I want to do one day. So by this time, when I had this revelation that the classroom is where I'm supposed to be, then I was already like, Probably a sophomore or a junior, and I had most of my uh, major credits done, but I was looking for a way to get in. um, And I found that way because I re enrolled right after graduating. I I went straight to grad school and came down the steps one day. There was a flyer for alternative certification um, because they needed teachers desperately at a nearby school district. So they had a program through the university. So I went applied. They took me, I was surprised. I was just like, wow, y'all chose me. So that's awesome. So, um, very quick turnaround. You know, I, I went through their summer cohort. Next thing I knew I had a classroom. Uh, those first few years were rough. (laughs) That is like the understatement of the year. It was a lot of on the job training. Um, a lot of school of hard knocks. You know, there were some people there that were, um, very helpful in my journey. Um, but there was also a lot of adversity those first couple years. But um, eventually, then things started to come together. Um, I have to say, in large part, um, because of working with um, administrators uh, later on. Uh, my my last three schools, I had administrators who were really just phenomenal and gave me opportunities to just try new things Um, and also connecting with my PLN. That was like the second major uptick where I started getting a whole lot of new ideas and I started integrating them, trying them to see what works. So that, that was kind of that was kind of what took me into education. And then from there, you know, I was able to join um, this fantastic team that I'm part of now, the technology training team for my district. I'm a regional tech coordinator um, and that whole team had poured so much into me as a classroom teacher, And, you know, I I knew that that one day I would want to be back there doing what they do just to be able to pour into others as they poured into me. And the pouring is still coming from, you know, it's going both ways because I'm getting a lot of pouring in from the teachers in my district. So, I mean, it's it's all mutual. It's all love. So uh, I'm just very happy to do what I do. That is so cool. So you have been in the same
0: district your entire uh, teaching career?
1: Yes, the entire time.
0: That is so awesome! Thank you. Fifteen years. <laughs> wow! And so, what what subject was it that you were teaching before you became a regional tech coordinator? Did I miss that part?
1: Oh no, <laughs> it was um. So throughout ten plus years in the classroom, I've taught every grade from first to twelfth at some point. Um, and so immediately before I came to um, my current position, I was teaching, um, technology education in the high school, but I was like brand new to that position. Um, so the bulk of my career, I've been doing technology integration is what they called it at the K eight school, um, as well as English language arts. Um, so, so that's, that's been, that's been fun. I got to teach some general subjects as well. Um, when I was teaching first grade, fifth grade, things like that. Okay. Wow. So what a perfect,
0: combination I mean especially when I think about all that you're doing now with your new your publishing company and everything how all of those things i'm sure have <laughs> fit together into this all of these amazing roles that that you are in and oh my goodness that is so awesome just to hear of your journey and when i First, started getting connected. I told you know I mentioned that I had met you at iPad Palooza and my Miami device, but it was also that year that I discovered Twitter and I started getting connected mm. uh, as an educator uh, in that in that platform, and I realized that there was this thing called EdCamp Voice that was happening. And <laughs> I think that I must have discovered that on, on, on Twitter, I'm not really sure how I even found out that that was a thing. But it I, I found out that this was going on. And I could connect with educators from around the world. And so I j- jumped into my first ed camp voice on Voxer. So amazing. And I really feel like at when I, when I joined that, is it c- considered like a summit? Yeah. Yeah. Just like a virtual, yeah. Virtual ed camp. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I really learned so much during that. And so I, again, it's like, I feel like there's so many connections to the beginning of my journey <laughs> with you. And I would love um, for you to share just a little bit about um just EduMatch and how you founded that and how how you got started. Because, oh my goodness, it's, it's so amazing what you've done.
1: Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, like EduMatch just came up grassroots organically, just like similar to EdCamp Voice. Um, EdCamp Voice was also part of a boxer conversation in a small group. And then from there, it organically sprung up. So uh, EduMatch kind of followed a parallel path Right. Um, and what uh, what had happened was that um a, a friend of mine and I were chatting on Boxer on a Friday night, and she um refrance Davis, she had a very strong math background, and we started talking, you know, talking shop and talking about um gamification and math. So gamification again, right? Um, and we were talking about fantasy sports. And um, you know, points and things of that nature. And I had just had a conversation the month before with my cousin. I went down to Haiti because uh one of my uncles was very sick at the time. And I met up with my cousin who um who had been a math teacher at one point, and he was doing a lot of fantasy sports with his students, and he told he gave me a book about, you know, all of this gamification, um, you know, goodness. And so I was telling Rafranz about it. And I was just like, hey, you know, it would be cool if you and my cousin could, you know, easily talk, um, as well as Chris Aviles, you know, because I learned a lot from him about gamification as well. So I was just like, it would be really cool if the three of you could get together, talk shop. And so I was just like, wait a minute. There, there's... Maybe there's something out there that will do this already. So I looked and you know, I kind of did a little bit of research. Um, and you know, I already knew about the Voxer groups. I knew about the Twitter chats. I saw something random that I've never seen again, but it costs money. Um, and I was just like, okay, wait, there's got to be something that will for free grassroots, connect people together, you know, so that they can learn and grow. So at that point, I set up a Twitter account. Um, had a really ugly logo. It was my first time using Google draw. (laughs) So this was back in, um, I want to say 2014, September, 2014. And, um, and so I put up a Twitter account and tweeted out what I wanted to do right away. Um, this, this guy in Australia, Mark Yates responded back and he was just like, yeah, I'll I'll try this out for you. So I said, cool. Tell me about yourself. So he told me a little bit about himself and I just kind of chopped it up, put hashtags with it. And tweeted it out over the course of a day. Checked with him at the end of the day. I was just like, how'd it go? And he's just like, oh yeah, I met like 20 people. And I was just like, cool. So at that point, um, I set up a Google form to kind of standardize it. um, And also, you know, so that people could see previous people. And then I also set up a website. And that's kind of how EduMatch started. And from that point, we've just had people sign up, um, you know, at the time we we're doing a featured person of the day and we would like tweet out about them and try to get them different connections. Um, but since then it's kind of evolved, I want to go back there. I think that right now, this might be a perfect time to do it. Cause I'm, I'm thinking that we're probably going to see a surge in the number of educators you know, joining. Because I know when I joined and when you joined, that was around like between the 2013 to 2015 era. And that's when you saw like a lot of people who are currently on and active join. Um, I really think that soon we're going to see more uh, step up as a result of this remote learning situation. Um, so I'm thinking at some point I want to reactivate that. But anyway, going back to the origin story. So as people signed up and they joined, then um, at that point, they brought their ideas. Um, and Justin Schleider was just like, hey, um, I see you're doing this boxer group for this other thing you're doing. Why don't you do a boxer group for Edge of I was just like, cool. So at that point, you know, the Voxer group started. That's been really active to this day. It's still going on. Uh, we have two groups. And then uh, Tammy Neal, Amanda Rogers, um, they uh, suggested doing a tweet and talk. So podcast, um, it evolved into our podcast and our Twitter chat. And then, um, a group of us started talking about writing. So that's kind of where the publishing part came from. Um, we were doing like, free, um, free crowdsource books for a few years, um, just to kind of get information out there to our community. And then people started asking about, Hey, can I write my own book? And it was just like, sure, let's try it and see what happens. And I mean, it's just been from there that we've been growing and, uh, we have a couple more things coming up in the next uh, few, I don't know, weeks, months. And, um, so it's, it's wow. exciting.
0: Oh my goodness, so exciting thinking about all that you have accomplished, <laughs> all that you've done just to connect people from around the world. It's truly phenomenal. And I, I honestly don't know how you do it all. It just, it's amazing <laughs> to me. And to think, I mean, in for, with EduMatch Publishing, it has it been a couple
1: years. When did EduMatch publishing get off the ground? When did oh. you start? That was 2016. So that emerged from a boxer group conversation where we were talking about educational bucket lists. Like, what do we want to do before we retire? And like a bunch of people were just like, I want to write, like, I want to be a published author. So I was just like, all right, cool. If y'all are willing to try now, this could be a huge waste of time, but you know, if y'all are willing to try and just, you know, test this out with me, let's, let's see what happens if we just get like a snapshot, a snapshot of education. So, we had, I want to say it was like 20 people from all over the U S just kind of submit chapters on what they were learning about or what they were doing with their students that year. And I mean, that went really well. So, so we were able to get it done. And, um, so we decided to keep it going. And so we did a snapshot in 2017, 2018, 2019, the 2021 is about to, you know, we're, we're gearing up for that. Um, and in the middle, between 2016 and 2017 in that summer, then we did like a cookbook because there was another random conversation where people were talking about what are they having for dinner? And then from there that kind of spun into the idea, Hey, let's do a cookbook. Cause that was like right on the heels of the first release. So, you know, so that's kind of where that came from. So that was Tammy Neal, um, really, really helped to, uh, organize that one right there. So, so yeah. And now like, uh, now we have an amazing team that's also working, um, you know, on the Edgy Match publishing side on the edumatch publishing team. I mean, we have some amazing individuals because we have grown over the years. Um, and now we have, I want to say 84, or 85 authors, um, that are, you know, with us, we have like, um, 30, 30 some books. I think we're getting close to 40, but, um, but we have a team that is really just, just managing the process. So huge shout out to Mandy Fralick, to Tool and Toya. Uh, We have Martine Brown, Alyssa Frazier, Melody McAllister, and uh, they just are really just rocking it. So um, I can't thank them enough and thank all of our authors that are, that are part of our crew as well. Oh my goodness.
0: Amazing authors, amazing books. I mean, what you're doing for education is truly phenomenal. And uh, so thank you so much. I I think about what you're sharing and I just think about how time and time again, you've just jumped out of your comfort zone and just said, hey, I think this is needed. Let's go for it. And that is so inspiring to me because I think about that and I think about, you know, just dreaming and and thinking about what could be and how many times we think about what could be, but we don't do anything about it. Right. And you, here you are (laughs) thinking about what could be and you're just like, yeah, let's, let's, let's do it. I'm in. And I think that is, is so amazing. And and, and and to think about how many educators that you have connected because of it how much that you have just given people a voice to share their their story so that we all can learn and grow as educators mm-hmm. that's so commendable so Thank you. Thank you for what you're doing.
1: (laughs) Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank Um, you. And thank you for being part of the family. Like you've been, you've been in there, like, uh, and it's been, it's been amazing. Like everybody who, who has interacted, participated with us has always left a part of themselves. So I really have to thank you.
0: Uh, Oh my goodness. I, oh, it's, it's been a huge, huge part of of me growing as an educator. So, oh, I, I'm the one that, that is, is thanking you for for starting it and allowing me to be a part of it. And I would love to talk for a little bit about gamification because like I yes. said you were the very first person that I learned about gamification from back in 2000 and 14. And gamification has been just a really big part of my journey and really transforming what learning looked like in my classroom. Um, I'm about to kick off this week, actually, gamified PD for my district in this, uh, you know, remote learning world that we're (laughs) living in that I'm really excited about. And so I would uh, just love to hear a little bit about you know how you initially got started with gamification, and maybe how you brought it into your own educational experience in the classroom or, or in your district.
1: Yeah, totally. And and as a side note, I would love to see what you all do um, as far as gamification with your district because you know I'm in the same boat with the district <laughs> with the remote learning right now. So, uh, yeah. so that is that is awesome. Can't wait to can't wait to hear all about it. Um, But the way that I got started, um, I was kind of sort of gamifying before I knew what it was. Um, I remember back in 2013, I want to say early 2013, then someone had told me about Class Dojo. Mm-hmm. And I started using it, you know, just kind of as an incentive for my students. I would keep track of points and stuff like that. Um, and, I mean, I still use that tool. I use it in a different way now. Um, like, I love the fact that you can just kind of gut it and make it whatever you want and just use it for easy points management. So that's kind of how I use it now. But I used to use it, like, as it came before. Yeah. Um but I didn't know what class dojo, or I didn't know what gamification was until that summer in my district, they put on a PD about gamification and I mean, it just blew my mind. It just, Oh my gosh, it blew my mind. Um, It was very immersive, very interactive. So they didn't just tell you what it was. They showed you what it was. You experienced it. You, you saw the perks. And I mean, I'm super competitive. I'm like, um, Gosh, I'm trying to remember the word. Like, my boyfriend used the word co- com- compelerative. I don't know. Competitive <laughs> and co- collaborative at the same time. So I don't remember what the word was. But <laughs> yeah. But that's me in a nutshell. Like, I want to win. I want everybody else to win, too. But I want to win, dang it. <laughs> <now. laughs> so we can inspire each other together. Um. So that was so much fun. And, um, so from that, I was just like, that's really cool. You know, I want to, I want to do this, but you know, that was in the summertime. So as things happen, then you tend to forget sometimes, um, what you learned until you put it in place right away. So I was starting the school year off again. Um, I had a very rambunctious group of eighth graders at the beginning of school year, 2014, 2015. They had had me in third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade, sixth grade, seventh grade. And I mean, my curriculum stayed pretty much the same. It was like, you know, uh, do this stuff and learn about Microsoft Word. First quarter, second quarter, do this stuff and learn about PowerPoint. PowerPoint third quarter do this stuff and learn about excel and i mean like these tools are great i'm not knocking the tools but i'm knocking my approach to the way that i did it because it was like the same stuff every single year and the kids were so sick of it and already they were like really just um rambunctious they were a rambunctious group so i was just like okay you know i woke up one morning like four o'clock, no, two o'clock in the morning. I was just like, okay, let me, let me, I remember this training. Let me see what happens because it can't get any worse. (laughs) So (laughs) let me just try and see, (laughs) this can only make it better. So I set it up, um, from like two to four, uh, went back to sleep around 4am. I remember I got like, you know, maybe two more hours of sleep that night. Um, but I put together like a very bare bones and went into the classroom that uh the very next day explained the system to the kids and they were just like wow this is really cool so we started doing it. It involved a lot of choice. It was just like on a Google site. And I, I just kind of let them choose what their track was or what whatever they wanted to learn. And they could always switch their lane, but you know, they would just choose their different activities. There was one thing that they had to do. They had to get through the dig sit um, curriculum um, that was kind of self-paced, but after that they could choose whatever they wanted to do. They had like a whole menu and they just had to level up before they got to the next stage. And I mean, They they really enjoy that. Um, We built it as we went. (laughs) I should say the game is still not finished. (laughs) So it's still on that Google site. Um, I think I have up to maybe a level three. That's as high as anyone ever got out of a possible eight. But, um, but yeah, it, it it was, it, it really, you know, expanded my mind. And then after that, that following summer, after I'd done that for about a year, um, that I met Chris Aviles at Google teacher Academy, as it was called back in the day. And, um, he did a presentation on gamification and, um, that's when I really started to learn the research behind it. And he drew a lot of, um, he cited, um, Michael a lot. Michael Matera, he cited him a lot, and that's how I kind of I think I had already connected with Michael Matera, but I I didn't really you know I I got more interested in checking out his work as well. So between Chris and Michael and you and just everybody that's that you know I've been able to just bounce ideas around, and that's kind of how it's uh how it's been. And from there, you know, just um, expanding to the district. Um, we, we've done like a digital learning day gamified challenges. We do some gamification for our conference. We do some gamification. Um, let me see. There's, there's, we do it like in different bits and pieces. So I'm excited to, to kind of maybe hopefully one day see if everything might align into a bigger type system. That would be really cool.
0: That is so exciting. I was trying to think about when I went to your session at iPad Palooza, I'm thinking it was that that you were talking about, that yeah. what you were just describing with the site and all of that. I think that that was what I was learning about in your session. I think that's so cool. And I love so many things that you said. I, I love, first of all, that you that you said your boyfriend calls you like the combination of collaborative and competitive. I <laughs> want to know what that word is because I, I love that combination. I love that. combination. so true. <laughs> Absolutely, it's it's so cool though because I think about I I'm competitive too, but I think that. That the collaborative piece is what is is so powerful when you bring the competition together with the collaboration. Yeah. It just creates this really powerful learning dynamic in the classroom. And I know in the past I've had some pushback from people saying, Well, I don't know if I want competition in my classroom. But I'm like, no, you don't understand. Like my students are more collaborative than they've ever been. Right. And they feel like they're part of a team like their voice matters. They see what they can bring to the, to the table. And, and it has, it really created a a pretty amazing classroom family. And that is, I think the power of gamification is that not only is there these challenges and this competition, but it is, it is really creating this collaborative um, culture and um and it, it has to be intentional. I think that we have to work on really making it that way. But when you can truly combine the two, the collaboration and the competition, it it's pretty amazing. And then you brought up this word immersive. And I think <laughs> too, I mean, that is what really the game in my classroom was that my students became more immersed mm-hmm. in the content. They got excited. And having that choice, you know, you said they have this baseline digital citizenship that they have to do, but then from there, they get to choose how they want to level up. And I think giving students that autonomy and that choice to be able to decide what they want to do uh, really allows them to be empowered. And they get way more excited about doing it when they know that they are going to have have some options available. I think that's so great.
1: The choice is definitely, um, you know, that, that, that really helps to, um, helps to energize people, you know, like when you have a choice, when you decide what's going to happen and that's, you know, I'm, I'm more so engaged when, you know, when I have different choices. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I love that you, you know, you were saying your experience just uh, with, uh, connecting with Chris Aviles, is that how you pronounce his last name? Mm-hmm. Aviles. I think, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> Aviles. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I know that I have I followed him as well, and of course, Michael Matera has yeah. been a huge inspiration. But there's so many amazing people out there that are are doing awesome things with gamification, and and so any of the listeners out there that want to. Um, learn more about gamification. We'll put put those people in the show notes so you can follow them and see all of the, the amazing things that are out there. So in your role, Sarah, as a regional tech coordinator, I'm sure that you are so crazy busy right now. I can't imagine <laughs> doing all that you do with Edumatch and, and all of the things and then having this role as regional tech coordinator where, I mean, I'm sure you're on the front lines right now with all that is happening in our world and with um, this pandemic that we're in. I mean, learning has had to shift so quickly. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, I, I know in my role as a tech integration specialist, I, I think I've been more busy in my role than I've ever been just supporting teachers. And so I'm wondering for you, how, how has your role shifted during this time of
1: COVID-19? Oh, my goodness. It's been a major shift. Like this has been just I mean, these circumstances that we're in are really unfortunate, you know, um, really tragic circumstances. Um, but what I'm seeing from educators in my district and beyond, you know, even in my in my PLN, new people to our PLN, you know, just just this this step up to do what we can do for our students is just amazing and inspiring to to see just globally, just people coming together. Um, on Facebook, I'm seeing some groups of, of folks like, uh, prior to this, then, you know, I, um, I saw some, some intermingling of maybe North Americans, you know, like every now and then you might get some groups that are global, you know, but I'm seeing now that that is becoming the norm, you know, that educators from all areas are just kind of coming together. Um, and, and just, just chatting about what to do in these circumstances. Um, Um, so I have to say that, um, you know, this, this is the now, um, we used to say this is the future, but this is the now, and this is, you know, what we've been talking about for years and years and years, um, in terms of what education can be. Um, and you know, so that, that's inspiring. Um, now in terms of struggles, I have to say that um, in my district, then our CEO slash superintendent has been uh, making some really great decisions as well as the leadership of my district to make sure that all students are getting what they need as far as, um, you know, each student, is, what, what they've done is that they've taken the carts and distribute those laptops to students who have, um, who are in need of getting access in addition they partnered with um comcast i, I want to say but um outside of that because not everyone is eligible for the comcast um relief then they also have hotspots that dis- they're distributing so um i have to say that that's definitely um that's definitely something that that i hope that other schools and districts will um will consider if they're not already doing so um and in addition yeah. the hours are um the hours of instruction are scaled back from nine to one. And I think that that's very, very reasonable. Um, now I'm hearing, um, I'm hearing some things, you know, from, from some of my, some members of my PLN that I might see on Facebook, Twitter, wherever, where it's, it seems like it's, it's a difficult transition in some other places, not to say that it's not challenging across the board, but, um, but what we can't do um is that we cannot continue to do as we've been doing you know in face to face situations because it's a very different situation because now we have a pandemic on top of you know whatever we, we were already doing and and moving that to a totally different way of instruction where a lot of people are learning as they go it's not sustainable you know to to just expect uh business as usual you know and in addition um there's, I'm I'm trying to, trying to figure out how to say this, but, um, but we also have to, we have to ensure that students have what they need to be successful, that all students, that each student has what they need in order to be successful. Um, And that, that does concern me, you know, Uh, that is, that is a major concern um, because um, this pandemic situation, you know, this, this really has a potential for a positive net outcome, but it could also very easily go the other way. If we don't give, you know, if we don't ensure that our students have what they need in order to be successful. So those are some things that, you know, that I'm kind of thinking about that are constantly on my mind. But what I do hope is that when we go back um, to our physical spaces, that we keep this forward momentum going. So whatever we're learning, Mm -hmm. whatever we're doing, the capacity that's being built we we need to hold on to those gains and push further and get yes, a little bit of backsliding when we go back. But, you know, the net outcome, I want, I, I really hope that we continue, you know, and as people are exposed to different strategies, different tools, different solutions that they keep those at the forefront and uh, just, just move forward. So I know I'm kind of rambling, but <laughs> I get, I get really hyped up when, when thinking about the situation.
0: Oh, my goodness. Yes. I mean, you said so many important things. I mean, I think about this, you know, what education can be. And I think that that is so true. I think that there's so many possibilities. And I think that we need to keep that forward momentum, like you said, And I I, I do agree that we're kind of, we're in this balance, like where we, we could go, we could go forward, or we could easily go backwards. And so we need to be really careful about, about And intentional about how we move forward, and that we really do need to keep in mind what our students need to be successful. And that equity piece is huge. And I think um, it's amazing what your district is doing to make sure that Chromebooks and hotspots are in the hands of kids so that they are able to access the learning um, online that is so, so important. And, um, and I agree that we have to think about this whole picture, like what else do they need to be successful? How can we create the best learning environment possible for students? And, uh, you know, I think that Right now, I mean, as a nation, everybody's had to shift. Everybody is adapting, and everybody is doing things differently. So, what a, a perfect opportunity to make some needed changes in our educational system when we are all mm-hmm. we are all kind of, um, I guess, turned upside down a little bit right now. Like nothing is as it was, and so that's that is exciting to me. But let's take this opportunity to move forward. Rather than <laughs> then slide backwards, I think that's so true.
1: Right, absolutely, I couldn't agree more.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I I think that first of all, you're the perfect person for this role. So I they are so lucky to have you in your <laughs> district. Oh, you. district. Yes, and I and we'll uh, definitely have to continue chatting more as as we both are, um, you know. In similar roles and are in opposite sides of of our nation. You're in Maryland, and I'm all the way on the other side of the U.S. and in Oregon. It it is really um, interesting to me to see what different districts, what different people are doing across across our nation, but across our world. I mean, we can all learn so much uh, together, and I and I think what you said too uh, earlier about how there's going to be this resurgence of people wanting to get connected because those who may have been a little (laughs) bit resistant to getting connected before, I mean, I feel like they're really realizing the power of, of really building your professional learning network because we can't do this alone. I mean, we have to be able to Expand um, beyond our local regions and learn what other people are doing, because I mean, we—that w- is how we grow. We have to be able to open up our minds to how different people are are doing things, and we we can't we can't stay in our bubbles, especially right now.
1: Right. That is so, so true. Yeah. So true. Well,
0: Sarah, you are such an inspiration and I have enjoyed talking to you so much. And I know that our listeners are definitely going to want to know how to connect with you and all of the amazing things that you have going. So how can we connect
1: with Sarah Thomas? Oh, thank you so much, Tisha. Like this has been just amazing to chat with you. And I really thank you for having me on. I thank all of your listeners for uh, listening. And the best way to connect with me is um, I'm going to spell out my handle, which is almost the same everywhere. It is S-A-R-A-H-D-A... T-E-E-C-H-U-R, Sarah the Teacher. And <laughs> um, I'm there on Twitter. I'm there on Boxer, um, Instagram, Instagram. Um, several other places as well. Uh, If you want to connect with EduMatch, then our website is edumatch.org and the publishing is edumatchpublishing.com.
0: Fantastic. I'll definitely put all of that in the show notes. And again, thank you so much, Sarah, for being on the show today. You're amazing. Oh, thank you so much. So are you. And thank you again for having me. Of course. Have a magical day, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Make Learning Magical podcast. I hope you are inspired by this episode and encouraged to find new ways to bring magic into teaching and learning. You can connect with me on Twitter at Tish Rich, Instagram at Tish Richmond, or on my website at TishaRichmond.com. Please use the hashtag MLMagical to share thoughts about this episode. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and tune in next week for another magical episode.